0: Jesus, we love you, and we want our lives to glorify you. We want everything that we say and do to bring glory to your name. So, Lord, during this time... Would you open our hearts to hear from you? Would you remind us, like only you can do, of who you are and how great your love is for us? We love you, in your name, amen. Uh, Thanks for coming. Um, how many people have read the book uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Most Emotionally Healthy Leader? Has anyone read that? No? Good, because I'm not going to talk about the book. Like, oh no, no, people are thinking that's what it's going to be about. A little bit, we're going to talk about that and some stuff from the book. But um, before we get going, I wanted to uh, set a few expectations for our time, just so you know what we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk a little bit about what it looks like to be emotionally and spiritually unhealthy. What it looks like to be emotionally and spiritually healthy. And then also some tools to grow in our maturity and our relationship with Christ. I want this time to be a safe space. So there might be some things that we'll talk about that might make us feel a little bit uncomfortable. And actually that's my prayer. Yeah. Because I think that we only really grow when we sit in the tension of the Spirit and the flesh, when those two come together and start to really uproot the things that we hold dear and allow the Lord to release our grip on those things. So we're going to talk about some of that. Um, And I hope we have some fun. And I hope that we do it in a way that you're going to go back and you're going to have some language to use. You're also gonna be able to start to use some of this stuff in your relationships at home that is gonna create a more healthy area and family. First thing we're gonna do is, um, I have my friend over here, Riley, who has some Sharpies. So I have a couple stickies up here and what I want everyone to do is get up and help me out. This is gonna kinda set our framework for the morning. Um, Over here it says spiritual, physical, and emotional. One side says healthy, the other side says unhealthy. She's got Sharpies, come up, grab one, hand it to a neighbor who doesn't have one. First things that come to your mind, either for yourself or for people that you know, what that looks like. An example might be um, physical health, would be a good, balanced diet. Unhealth would be not eating healthy. Uh, Emotional healthy would be um, leaning into conflict resolution in a healthy way. Unhealthy would be avoiding conflict, possibly. Um, Spiritual health could be um, I'm connected to the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, active prayer life. Unhealth, I haven't opened my Bible in three years. Okay, so um, whatever, co- yeah, right. Whatever comes to mind, put it down. We're going to kind of use this as our framework going forward. On the count of three, everyone rise. One, two, three. Grab a sharpie. Put down the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> Thanks, Riley. i take right. You're so awesome. It's like literally for four years I showed up school every day. It It's resumed. Um, Alright, so I'm going to have my volunteers up here read each list. So... Sam.
1: We're going to begin with a spiritual paper. Some of the healthy traits would be Constant joy and contentment in Christ. Constant prayer, giving the glory to God. Communion, owning your own faith. Being still
0: and letting down your pride and letting God move. And trusting God and
1: memorizing scripture and worshiping. Unfortunately, some unhealthy ones would be not liking praying. Isolation. Roller coaster of emotions. Not reading the Bible. Only asking God for things. Acting out of fear. Comparing yourself to others. Uh, blaming God for your problems that you put on yourself. That's about it.
0: Great. Thanks, Sam. Can you read the physical for me? OK. So this is the physical one? Yep. On the healthy side. you got exercise and other methods related to stress. you got naps, modesty, walking, hugs, lies, vitamins, respecting your body, Hitting step goals,
1: running, uh, Chipotle's in the middle. Chipotle's in the middle. Not sure. Okay. Uh, then on the unhealthy side, we got um, drugs, um, excessive alcohol, too many caps, um, non healthy food, sitting, irregular sleep schedule, um, comparison,
0: um, binge watching, too much Taco Bell, uh, sex before marriage. And still in the middle. still in Alright, emotional.
1: So for the emotional, the healthy side says self-love, good communication, open about feelings slash emotions, expressing thoughts and feelings, being humble, trust in the Lord, accountability, consistency, counseling, willing to give good advice to those in need, positive outlets, talking slash being vulnerable, emotions and feelings, gaining other perspectives. Perspectives And the unhealthy side says, easily angered, always playing the victim card, venting with no resolution, pretending to be okay when you're not okay, constantly saying to yourself, I'm not blank enough, avoiding hard conversations, blaming others, not feeling anything, negative self-talk, avoidance, constant state of guilt, bottling feelings up, anxiety, never admitting wrongs, thinking you're the reason ministry is going well, Self doubt, toxic relationships, robotics, always giving up, and expecting others to know how you feel.
0: Wow. Are those three connected? Yeah. Yes? Yes? How are they connected? Mm -hmm. If you take care of one of them, it affects all of them. What else? thinking of some of the things, like, I was like,
1: ooh, is that, like, emotional, or is that, like, spiritual, like, so they have to be connected in some way, or my brain just mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right. Who else? Anything else? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> pastor told me what time, when you were talking.
0: I was really struck. Um, I don't know that anything over here surprised me, but what about you guys? This unhealth over here. Were you surprised by some of this stuff up here? Yes and no, but heartbreaking, yeah? To think that as a body of believers that we wrestle with these things. Now, uh, disclaimer, I'm not a therapist but a professional therapist. But I have um, come to the realization that I am probably one of the most emotionally unhealthy people walking the planet. So I have spent decades working through this stuff. So hopefully today I'm gonna give you some tools and some language to help you in your maturity as we process through this. All right, I have a quote. And it might be a good thing to write down because this is a little bit of the premise of what we're going to talk about. Peter Scazzaro, who wrote um, The Emotionally Healthy Leader, and I'll have this up here if you want to come and look at it. Uh, He also wrote Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. He's a pastor out of New York. Um, Says this. It is not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. I'm going to say it again because I think it's important that you are the staff. It is not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. Great. Amygdala hijack, right? Where your brain just emotionally takes charge of everything that you're saying and doing because we don't understand why we're feeling the way that we're feeling. Because so we've not taken time to bring things to light that so maybe we don't even realize.
1: Is that aggression and fear, the land that controls it? That could be that. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to make technology that's. Yeah, i Yeah, do so something. Okay. <laughs> University student.
0: Site. Psych. Psych. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yes, that's what Anyone happens. Anyone else? Why would you agree with that statement? Uh, emotions are really Around folks who use their emotions to manipulate us. Yeah? How many of us have done that? Yeah. You know, one of the easiest ways to get someone to do something is bring on the tears, you know, or raise the voice. I mean, we, in our, sometimes not so subtle, but sometimes subtle ways use our emotions to manipulate people.
1: Um, I was gonna say, like what Allie was saying, like our emotions are always, like, changing. Like, our feelings, like, they're not reliable um, because they're, they are always changing. Like, I can feel something, like, I can, I don't like Chipotle, so I did not like Chipotle today, but tomorrow, like it, you know? So it's, like, you can't rely on that because it changes literally, like, so, so soon, you know? So I think, like, that's why I would agree that you can't be, you have to be both. You can't be one enough. Can't tell if you're raising your hand or playing with your child. That's <laughs>
0: alright. <laughs> I to acknowledge you.
1: So in my mind, like the way I don't think it works is because if we're trying to be like Christ, then we have to like function in the way that He does. And He functions in like three entities, and if we can't function fully, then there's no unity in our own life, so we can't really fulfill it completely. So that's just kind
0: Think so much of the language in the Bible about how we relate to God is emotional. Like, God commands us to delight in Him, to love Him, um, that this relationship is not divorced of emotion. Um, And so, if also, I think like we are, I know myself, I'm just very consistent, and I can't, like, if I view my relationship with God as a relationship and all of the relationships that I have in my life are really unhealthy, and my relationship with God is probably unhealthy, regardless of what
1: I say, okay. so. No mm-hmm. more. Um, so, like when I think of being emotionally mature, I think that you think everything revolves around you, or everyone should um, like adjust themselves to your needs, and then I remember one of the things that was said on the unhealthy spiritual list was, um, only asking God for things and mm-hmm. only like not thanking Him and not just talking to Him, but only asking him, um, things to when you need Him. Mm-hmm. And so, if we like want to be used, we can't go up and like teach kids that we have to teach them to give and to share. Okay. One, more. Okay. One more, yeah, no, so
0: I, I think it's really interesting we talk about our emotions like. Like, we have to be like, disciplined. Like, you know, I was thinking about,
1: like, what will be done? Like, that's like, we're supposed to be following Jesus here in God. and God. like, I think the best decision sometimes we can make is to go against ourselves. And, like, go against, like, what we're feeling or, or, like, what our emotions are telling us. If that makes sense? Like,
0: I think often we're angry, and it's like, I'm angry, and I need to accept, like, my emotions are telling me I'm angry. Like, that's not very rarely is that like the right course of action that exactly. You have to you go against yourself you and discipline against her. like you. Like mm-hmm. your human nature is not the way to go mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah.
1: All right. One more. Last one. <laughs> told that you're my pastor that your emotions like are real but they're not a driving force. Like your emotions are a thermometer, or a barometer of where you sit. Say that like again. So your emotions are a thermometer.
0: They let you know where you're at. It's okay to be there, but they're not the driving force for which that you can propel your life. It's okay how you feel. They're not good or bad. You feel what you feel, correct? Yes. Yes. I need an amen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. But it's the. What did you say? I said it's not like they don't control your next move. Yes. It's not. It, they, they're not there to let you know how to move forward. It's just a thermometer or a reading to turn right now not to how you should act, or how you should move forward. Beautiful. I'm glad I did one more. They were all good. But this is where I wanted to land, that we all have emotions, right? To the extreme. And I'm going to give us some, um, sorry, I almost in mm-hmm. Um one of the things I want us to start working on is having emotional literacy. And that's been really hard for me. I'm a five on the Enneagram, which means that I don't do emotions very easily or very well. so I've had to work really hard to come up with language of how I feel. You can ask my husband, it's been years of counseling and him saying, "How are you feeling?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Either I'm angry or I'm upset. There's like hundreds in between, but I can't get there. Amen? Oh, sorry. Okay. I think I'm okay. So, um, what I'm saying is a process, and if we want to follow the Lord in a mature way and have that show in our relationships, we've got to do this work to figure out what it looks like to grow in our maturity of Christ. One more question for the group: What does maturity in Christ look like? How is that shown? What when we are living our daily lives? Someone looks at us, what does maturity in Christ look like? Putting others before yourself.
1: Let's say how well you reflect Jesus in his life. How well you reflect Jesus in his life? Yep. Yeah. The way we react to um, the way people treat us. Just like so. Um, someone you can't control how someone thinks about you or what someone says to you, but you can control your reaction. And so, like, we need to live our lives as close well as we can to Jesus, and show that through that reaction.
0: I uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot. What uh, passage have we been looking at? It has been our overriding verse all John. semester. John what?
1: Good
0: One of you guys, set up for me. It's going to show itself in love, right? All those things fall under. We control ourselves, we interact with each other. But Jesus says, you are my disciples. You will love one another. As I have loved you, you will love one another. By this, all men will know what? You're my you are my disciples. They'll know who I am because of how you love one another. So... Um... Brene Brown says, and she's another author that I'm in love with right now, she says, who we are is how we lead. So who we are is important. Who we are is how we lead. So who we are becoming matters. We don't see the world. As it is, we see the world as we are. Because we all have a lens. We all have a grid that we see it through. I just got over a horrific bout of pink eye. I don't know why as a 53-year-old woman, I got pink <laughs> children in school that would be contracting, but I got pink eye so badly that it um, scarred my cornea. Like literally tore off the top layer of my cornea. And I couldn't see for about two days literally on the couch with a whole compass on my face. When you lose your vision or when your vision is cloudy, excuse everything. That's why it's so important that we do the work to understand how God who God is, first and foremost. How God sees us. And then how that plays out relationally. One of the things I'm realizing that if I don't have if we don't have the courage to walk into our stories and understand them and how they're impacting us on a daily basis, we can't change we can't be transformed. We are not allowing the Lord to work through us and then if we don't do that or we won't do that then, we can't help others. We can't walk along others in their journey of healing if we're stuck in this constant pattern of relating. We've got to mature in our relationship with Christ. That's the only way. I need a volunteer to read John eight thirty-two. I need someone to look up Galatians five one. Jamie, will you do Galatians five one? Austin, will you do uh, John 8,
1: 32?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, will you do Revelation 12, 10, and 11? Jamie, will you read? Yeah. Revelations 5, 1. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, <laughs> therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. John 8 32, and you will know
1: the truth, and the truth will set you free. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, then I heard a loud voice
0: in heaven say,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Now have come the salvation and the
1: power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame them by the blood the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to strengthen from A
0: couple things. You shall know the truth when your truth starts to be free. It is for freedom that Christ came. Not just our initial salvation, guys. It's a continual process of being free. And I love this Revelation verse because it says, the way we, they overcame, the way we overcome is through the blood of the Lamb and the power of testimony. The power of what God has done in us. What's God doing in us, guys? Like, we think about our testimony of, like, I came to Christ, I was this way, and then I met Jesus. But, like, is this a daily process of transformation? There was a saying, and I can't remember if Maya Angelou or another poet, she said that be cautious of a naked man who offers you a shirt. Guys, if we don't carry in us the power of transformation through the living Christ, then we're offering people an empty gospel. We have to be transformed by this. So we're gonna do a fun exercise. Hopefully, what time am I supposed to be done? Does anyone know? Let me look at my clock here, so we're... Okay, good, we have a few minutes. All right, so I have my friend here who's gonna pass these out. So we're gonna do this little exercise. And, uh, I can't find mine. Part of coming to maturity, for me, Has been looking at how uh, I interact with others, and while sometimes you stand in front of a mirror and you can see what you look like, and that's a holy word of God and He reveals things about you. But I would guess there are people in your life that could speak into this. We all have blind spots. We all have ways of interacting with others. We all have certain things that we're doing that are leaving behind us a wake of, I'm going to be a little dramatic, relational destruction or dysfunction because of how we're interacting with people or not interacting with people. So if there's not enough of these, I don't know if I made enough copies, share with someone. And uh, we'll put this on, get these emailed out or find some resource. So, it's called getting to the heart. So, I'm gonna have you, give you guys a few minutes to work on this on your own, but I'm gonna walk you through one situation that I did, just to give you an example of what this looks like. And the reason I want us to do this, don't do, don't do this exercise if someone cuts you off in traffic and you get mad. That's just not what this is for, okay? or some relational unrest that you have with a spouse, with someone on your team, with a family member, something that you're seeing is a pattern or something that's causing conflict or tension with you or with those around you. Mine's a little bit higher level, it's not super deep, but you'll see the process so you can work it out. So, does everyone? did everyone get one of their folks that don't have one? You good? You didn't get one in the back? No. Can you guys share, like if there's people up front, maybe someone so we can see it? One from the back two rows. Oh. Okay. Someone can have mine. I'll take a picture There you go. go. I don't have a pencil. Alright. Thanks, guys. <laughs> there's so many emotionally unhealthy people that are <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you didn't you
1: even know? know. Mm-hmm.
0: Alright, so yeah, So situation and how you reacted negatively, and what you felt, be as clear as concise as you can. So for me, um, I am on Young Life staff, but I also have another job, because uh, I'm part-time Young Life staff, part-time, I work as a sign language interpreter for the deaf. So I do some uh, interpreting work. So for me, my situation was in my other job, and we have to do some online training at times not super computer uh, literate, but I can find myself around a desktop, and there was a training that I had to do. Couldn't find the training where it was supposed to be, so I went to my manager, and um, when I asked her about the training, she didn't really even acknowledge me. She kept at her computer, no eye contact, spoke very curtly to me, and almost... Um, in a dismissive way, she gave me the information I needed, but I left that interaction pissed and feeling dismissed. Okay? And was in a funk the rest of the afternoon with a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, like, who does she think she is (laughs) to treat me like that? Okay? And that's kind of her MO. We have constant interactions like that. So, dig deeper. My first one was, why did I feel those things? Well, she didn't make eye contact with me, and she didn't talk to me. She didn't take the time to talk to me. Dug a little deeper. I felt like I wasn't worth her time. I went a little bit deeper. I felt like I was an inconvenience. Dig a little deeper. I didn't feel seen or hurt. Dig a little bit deeper. I remember growing up, my parents were so busy, I, they never had time for me. Now that I know what that gut is, what that lower feeling is, ask the Lord how he wants me to be something the next time, what, he, what I will do. So my takeaway here is that I, I need to get before the Lord in silence and solitude, and I've got to have him pour over me and speak into me my worth and my value and how deeply loved I am so I'm not looking for that from my manager yes? yes Yes. I know this sounds like uh, but guys there's people and I would imagine to say some of us in this room we're expecting other people to constantly fill us and make us feel good So an interaction like that with someone on a regular basis starts to cause bitterness, resentment, and discourse in that relationship. And it could be with your parents, it could be with your siblings, it could be with your spouse, it could be with the other leaders on your team. So what I'm asking you to do, I'm going to give you a few minutes just to sit in this. Think of a situation, you can go as shallow or as deep as you would like. And just keep going a little bit deeper. And I'm not asking you to sit also in all your childhood trauma. That's not what I'm saying. This is not what this exercise is about. But what I'm asking you to do, we all have gotten in in unhealthy patterns of putting expectations of the people around me to meet emotional needs that only the Lord can meet. let me say that again we're putting demands and needs expecting other people to meet those than ourselves that only the Lord can meet if you can't think of a situation then just sit and ask the Lord to bring something to mind I gotta tell you this was hard for me because I don't want to go down and see where all those little rooms are, right? I, I kind of want to stay spiritual and heady and godly and I, I don't want to do that work. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes and then we will open it. Give us some music to stew back.